you would turn with me to uh, the book of James, the book of James, and the first chapter there. After reading from the first chapter in Job, uh, we look especially to verse 2 of James chapter 1. But let's read the first few verses of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him." But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is an unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, 
He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Thanks be to God for his holy, true, inerrant words. We read from the first chapter of Job, a story that we know so, so well. And yet, when we read that first chapter, the enormity of the situation that Job faced on that terrible day, where nothing had prepared him for it. It wasn't as if he was thinking, well, things are starting to go adrift here. Maybe my walk with God is not as it once was, or maybe God have lost God's protection. No, all of a sudden, on that day, that calamitous day, you could say that everything went wrong. Everything fell for Job in his life, his personal life, his material life with his family, his sons, his daughters, with all of his uh, animals, even with his servants also. Everything fell. One moment, everything was going along perfectly. The next moment, it seemed nothing at all was going right. We turn to the book of James which is a practical book on how to live the life of a believer. A book which shows us what we are to do, how we are to live. It does not contain much theology, as it were, but it certainly shows us what we are to do at all times in all places. And so there we see, don't we, in the second verse of the first chapter, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. All of us have fallen into uh, diverse temptations or trials. All of us at times, maybe not to the same extent as Job, But all of us have one moment in our lives been going along and all of a sudden everything just seems to be going wrong. All the plans that we've made, we seem to have everything worked out. Maybe our financial situation, maybe our family situations, maybe our jobs. Maybe had it all planned out. You're thinking, not what can go wrong in my life? Everything seems to be going well. And all of a sudden, it wasn't. And to some degree or another, we can all say that that is the case in our lives. 
maybe as I say, not as great a calamity as Job had. But all of us are able to say, as fallen creatures, as sinful creatures, living in a, as we've been praying, in, in, in a fallen, sinful world, things go wrong. Troubles come, come along and calamities befall us. Troubles are constantly at our door, as it were. Even James, uh, towards the end of his letter in uh, chapter 5, mentions uh, Job. Because as we all know, as Scripture tells us, that the life of the people of this world in a fallen world are full of trouble, the consequences of man's fallenness. We cannot escape it. Scripture tells us that we go through floods, we go through fires, we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We have the Psalms and uh, David there crying out to God that he would be saved from whatever calamity he had suddenly found himself in, whether it be his family, his son, uh, chasing him through the Kidron Valley at night, trying to overthrow him whether it was enemies at his left or his right. And so what we see is that troubles come our way. Temptations, trials come from various different angles. And no matter how much we can do to try and protect ourselves from these situations, where we think to ourselves, maybe I've got a good job, Maybe you think to yourselves, my family is doing well, my sons, my daughters are doing okay. And all of a sudden, something comes along, and all of a sudden, maybe not as, say, say, not as, maybe as tragic as Job had in his life, that tragedy befell him, but we cry out, deliver us, deliver us from what is happening to us. And we know that we cannot escape trials, temptations, troubles. For we know that we follow Jesus Christ and throughout his life he was mocked, he was scorned. They didn't understand what he was about and ultimately they betrayed him and crucified him on the tree. And so even Jesus himself spoke to his disciples about them being in trouble because he was in trouble. It's normal, he said, in this world that you will have tribulations, you would have strife. It's everywhere. We can't escape it. And to a certain extent, what James is saying here is actually we should expect it. That he says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, into diverse trials. And that's what he's saying. He says, well, if you are walking the path of a Christian, if you are following in God's will, then you will have trouble. You should expect trouble wherever you are, because we know that the world is against us when we follow God and his ways. James says, 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And so as we go through this verse here, what we see is that he says, My brethren, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, for those who are followers of Christ Jesus, this is for you. This is for you. This is what you are to expect. This is what you are going to come up against in your lives, my brethren. Because in fact, if you are not brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, then this will not be happening to you because the world will not be against you. The world will not be attacking you. The world will not be mocking or scorning you. The world is your friend if you are against Christ and God. And so he says, my brethren. And so for those of us who uh, have our Lord uh, Jesus Christ as our Savior, then this is uh, who James is speaking to this night. Therefore, you can see whether or not you are of Christ and in Christ. Because if you are not facing these troubles, if the world is not against you, and the world is for you and accepting you, what you are doing, then you are not counted in this. And so he says, my brethren, my fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, sons and daughters of the living God. And then he says, count it all joy, count it all joy. And what James is saying here is when he's using this word count it all joy, he used the word count, it's really a command. He's commanding us, really, a command from God that we should be joyful. And again, as soon as we say that, we, we, we have a myriad of scripture verses coming to us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Jesus says, Take my, have, you, you, if you have joy, in your lives, if you follow me, in the same way he says you have that peace which passes all understanding. This is a joy that is uh, from God and God alone, a joy that is, uh, has that foundation in God and God alone, a joy that cannot be taken away from you because it is a joy that you have received from the Father, a joy which is not that happiness or that fleeting moment where you may think to yourself, all is well with the world, because things are going well. That is not what James is talking about here, when he's commanding us, because God is saying and commanding that we should have this joy. Count it all joy. Do you have that joy in the midst of temptations, in the midst of, of trials? Do you have that understanding that God is with you? And that even though maybe everything is going wrong, or lots of things are going wrong, or even maybe a small thing is going wrong in your life, because of your walk with God, because the world is against you, and do you have that joy? Do you have that presence of the Lord God Almighty in you to know that even though you are going through this time of trouble, that actually all is well. 
because God is with you and you are his. Count it all joy. We're commanded there to have that joy, all joy, when you fall. Because we will fall. And this is where we come to, to Job. Because the word here, fall, is uh, something that is, is speaking and painting that picture of, 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 of not quite a trap, but you are walking along and all of a sudden you fall into it, not expecting it. And we see that so much in Job. Job, a righteous man, a perfect man, a godly man, a man who is after God's own heart, would never have expected anything to happen to him the way that it did. And he fell into it. There was no prior warning. There was, to say, there was not as if he was thinking, well, maybe I'm going away from God here. Nothing like that at all. To make it seem as if anything bad was going to happen to him. And yet here, he fell into it completely and utterly. His camels, his sheep, his servants, his sons, his daughters. He fell hard into the depth of that trial, that temptation. And we see, don't we, it uses the word diverse. It would be so easy if we could tell what was going to happen. If we could think, well, maybe this might happen, then we could plan for it. But we can't do that because it is unexpected. That we, 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 we cannot tell for certain what is going to happen to us, if anything bad is going to happen to us, how it will happen to us. There is no way in this world, I think, that Job could ever have imagined what was going to happen to him on that calamitous day. But when the first servant came and gave him bad news, he thought, well, okay, that's not too bad. I can manage with that. And then the next servant came, and the next servant came, and the next servant came. And Job would not have been expecting that. In all areas of his life, the diversity of that fall, materially, personally, how could it be that he could have ever have imagined that that would have happened? So here we see James talking to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, commanding them that, to have that joy when something completely unexpected happens, something that you can never ever prefer, prepare for, which you would never have ever expected coming from such a diverse area of your life when this trial, when this temptation comes. And what I want you to remember here, which is why I really read from the book of Job, is that we read, didn't we, at the beginning of the first chapter, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. At the very end of the chapter, we read, in all this, 
Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Job had done nothing for this really to happen to him. There are so many times in our lives where we uh, can say, well, yes, I've, I've sinned, so therefore God has punished me justly, disciplining his children. But here we have a man, Job, precious in God's sight, loved by God, who had done no wrong, who was perfect, blameless, godly, righteous, and yet he fell into this temptation, into this trial. And so therefore, what we see here is that God, in his sovereign grace and mercy, allows even his children to come under these diverse temptations to fall into them. So often there are those who think that nothing bad can happen to Christians. They think God is on your side and you'll have met them and you'll have spoken with them. And they maybe sometimes get a bit taken aback and a bit shocked when you actually say, well, no. Actually, then you may go into situations, personal situations that you share with them, and you say, well, actually, no. It's not the case that everything now is perfect because I'm a believer. Even though God is my protector, we sang that in the, in the first psalm that we sung, God is our fortress, our protector at our right hand. He is our strong tower our deliverer, our salvation. And yet, still, James here, practically speaking to us, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. This is the life of a, of a Christian, of a, of a believer, that we cannot just be, be, be hedged in, as it were that hedge of uh, protection that we sing and read about. That even though we have God as our protector, as our saviour, as our deliverer, as James says, you, you go through temptations, you go through trials. And what happens is, and what should happen is, as James is saying here, and you'll have experienced this in your own lives. And you've experienced it in the lives of fellow believers. When you think, when you've fallen, as maybe Job or others, maybe some sicknesses come upon you, maybe a loss of income, maybe a family friend, a friend has taken ill. When some calamity has befallen you, what is your reaction? How do you take that news? How do you then live when God has allowed you to come into this calamity? And I've spoken with many people 
many Christian, many godly men and women. I think each and every one of them has said when calamity has fallen, that is when they feel closer to God. That is when they know that God is with them. And that is such a testimony. That is such wonderful news. Because then we are able to testify that God is good in the midst of trials and temptations and calamities. And for those that we then testify to and give our testimony to and speak of God's good and merciful gifts to us, his children, we are able to show that God is there with us even through the difficult times. That is the whole point of this, isn't it? That if we weren't tempted, if we were not falling into trials and tribulations, then how could we testify to the greatness and the goodness of God? If everything went perfectly well, if everything just went as we would hope it would, when nothing went wrong, the money kept on coming in, we grew older and wiser with good health, until maybe one day we died in our sleep at a good age, then how could we count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations? How could you when everything was just going right, when you didn't need God to trust in when you didn't need God to be your sole sufficiency, when you didn't need God to be your provider, when you didn't need God to be your heavenly Father. And so therefore we come to these trials, these temptations, and we see there how faith is brought into action where an unbeliever would say, well, God, where are thee in all of this? And they may say, well, you said that nothing bad would happen to you once I gave my life to you. And there you would see the face of an unbeliever, not one who believes. This is what James is showing us here. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. There are these steps that he's going to lay out as you read through uh, the rest of his letter how you can test to see whether or not you are walking in the will of God how you can test whether or not you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ how you can test whether or not you are indeed son of the living God our heavenly father because what you see as you read through this is that endurance through the trials, through the temptations, when you are tested, as it were, you have that faith to endure, and you test your faith by works of patient endurance. And you come out the other side, and you say, God brought me through all glory and thanks to him. I count it all joy. And I fall into diverse temptations because God is working his purpose out through that. 
and you'll have come across people who have maybe professed faith in Christ Jesus and maybe gone on for a while walking in that faith. And then maybe something happens, something tragic may happen. And I've, 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 I've heard their stories, I've, I've heard what they've said. And they said something really bad happened to myself, something bad happened to my family. And I, I went, well, I, I, if there was a God, then he would not have allowed that to happen. And they turn away. They turn away. They do not count it joy. They cannot sing. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, as we, we read in, in, in Job. He was able to say those words, wasn't he? Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. And we see that as we read the rest of the book of Job, how he endured to the end. And he was able to bless the Lord God Almighty. He was able to rejoice. He was able to joy in that fall into diverse temptations. He was able to rejoice in the Lord, have joy in the Lord, whether the sun was shining down upon him or whether the rain was blowing in his face. This is what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. To endure through the trials, to endure through the temptations, to love him, to keep his commandments, to persevere, to endure to the end, to be able to say, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we come before you knowing that you are sovereign over all, that you are in control, therefore, of all that happens, of all that befalls us. We, do, we know that you allow uh, these uh, calamities to happen but for a reason, for a purpose. For we know that you work all things for our good, for, for us who know and love you. And so therefore, Lord God, we trust in you and we pray that you would keep us and enable us to persevere and endure, that your Holy Spirit would enable us to keep on rejoicing, even amidst the trials and the temptations and the calamities of our lives that have been given to us by you. And Lord God, we pray to you for those who do not know you, who when bad things happen to them, say, well, how can there be a God? But we pray that they would hear your truth, that they would read your truth in the book of Job, in uh, the book of James here, and even the Gospels that they may hear the gospel of a suffering servant, a lamb that was slain and yet is the Lion of Judah. And so, Lord God, we pray that you would help us to endure through the 
trials and tribulations of our lives and that we would always be joyful, that we would always count it a blessing to have you as the Lord God Almighty, the Saviour of our very souls. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Amen. We sing God's word as we sing in Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verses 5 through to 11. 92, verses 5 through to 11. How great, Lord, are thy works. Each thought of thine deep it is. A brutish man it knoweth not. Fools understand not this. When those that lewd and wicked are spring quickly up like grass, and workers of iniquity do flourish all apace. It is that they forever may destroyed be and slain. But thou, O Lord, are the Most High, for ever to remain. Psalm 92, verses 5 to 11. How great, Lord,
intimations, uh, services on the Sabbath at the usual times of 11 p.m. 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., taken by Reverend John Angus Gillis, and the collection for the work of the Trinitarian Bible Society during the time uh, Reverend Craig Dennison was here amount to a total of £928, and Mr. Ian Martin has sent them a cheque for this amount. Now... <coughs> The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.